Christmas, for the first time, America's most exciting and legendary motion picture hero comes to the screen like you've never seen him before. In an all-new, larger-than-life feature film. Now, the Dark Knight confronts his newest and most menacing villain. Your angel of death awaits. The Phantasm. I want you. And faces his greatest danger. Can't be too careful with all those weirdos around. The soaring new adventure. Batman. Mask of the Phantasm. The animated movie. Coming for a Christmas you'll never forget. I am vengeance. I am the night. I am Matthew Barris. And here I am with another watch along, this time for Batman Mask of the Phantasm, regarded as one of the greatest Batman movies of all time. And we're going to be going through that. And as I let you all uh, get ready for this, set up on DVD or VHS, Blu ray, or on HBO Max like I do, little. Uh, Quick thing, going through the cast, Kevin Conroy as Bruce Wayne slash Batman, Mark Hamill as the Joker, Dana 
Delaney, a.k.a. Lois Lane, as Andrea Beaumont and the Phantasm. Stacy Ketch as Carl Beaumont. Hart Bochner as Arthur Reeves. Abe Vigoda as Sal Valestria. Dick Miller as Chucky Soul. John P. Ryan as Buzz Bronski. Ephraim Zimbalis Jr. as Alfred Pennyworth. Bob Hastings as Commissioner Gordon. Robert Costanzo as Harvey Bullock. And Jeff Bennett, he plays additional voices. And I'll be talking about his career a little bit throughout the film. Also, originally, uh, the script for it was actually turned into an episode in Season 2 of Batman the Animated Series, uh, Trial, which of course we all saw as Batman um, standing trial in Arkham Asylum. They thought it fitted more into a 30-minute format than a full feature-length film. So, thus, we got that episode on Season 2. And I'll be talking more about other facts throughout the film. As we get ready right now, I'm going to get you right into it. Let's start the countdown in 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And here we go. And we start off seeing the Warner Brothers logo there. And good old Bugs Bunny. Uh, always brings back memories of my youth whenever I see that. And then we see a look at the uh, Gotham skyline there and the rolling credits. And we see the red sky there, uh, which would eventually come in season four of the animated series. And then we see the title there, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Now, the score was done by Shirley Walker, the late great Shirley Walker, who did the animated series. And the Latin lyrics are actually the names of key Warner Brothers staff members read backwards. For those who uh, don't know, I thought it was actually in like Italian or something, but turns out it's actually the names of the staff members uh, read backwards. And Hans Zimmer, who would go on to do the music for the Dark Knight trilogy, actually played synthesizer for the score of this movie. Yes, he did. And this movie was released on Christmas Day, 1993. And originally it was supposed to be a straight-to-video, but at the last minute they decided to release it in theaters. It failed miserably at the box office, but gained a lot of its money on VHS. And most of the people who worked on the animated series, Eric Randomsky, Bruce Timm, Alan Burnett, Martin Pascoe, Paul Dini, Michael Reeves, and um, Michael Uslan all worked on the movie. And here we are at the casino. We see uh, Chucky Soul here, played by um, John... Play, uh, sorry, going through my notes here. Chucky Soul, played by Dick Miller. And we see the Batman crashing right through the grate. 
I mean, through the glass. And Dick Miller, he's appeared in over 180 films, mostly produced by Roger Corman. Uh, you can see him in films such as uh, Brimlands 1 and 2, The Little Shop of Horrors, Toy Soldiers, The Terminator. He actually played the gun store owner who got killed by Arnold. And he also starred in his own documentary, That Guy, Dick Miller. And ironically, Dick Miller would also go on to have a guest role as boxer Boxy Bennett in season two of Batman the Animated Series in the episode Harley Quinade. And we see right now the, um, the Phantasm. And the Phantasm, the voice of the Phantasm in disguise is actually by Stacey uh, Kitch. And the design, um, they were going for um, the Ghost of Christmas Future, and of course it looks more like, um, well, kind of a little bit of a mix between the Ghost of uh, Christmas Future and um, the Grim Reaper. So um, we get a little bit of, um, we get a little bit of both here. And I remember seeing this movie and... Uh, this was both uh, amazing and frightening at the same time because um, they really did uh, up the violence um, and the scare factor here for this movie. It was a lot different from the uh, animated series. It didn't feel like it was just another episode that uh, you saw on Saturday mornings here because people do get killed as we see um, Chucky Saul drive right off there into the glass and he's dead and then we see uh, Batman appear and we see some uh, unlockers look upon they see Batman and obviously they probably think that he had something to do with it and Batman looks upon the glass and sees um, some chemical residue and sees a shadow of the phantasm goes after him and poof he's gone Disappear like a puff of smoke. Now, Hot Botchner here, who plays Arthur Reeves. Arthur Reeves uh, first appeared in the DC Comics, Detective Comics, issue number 399 in 1970. He's a uh, councilman who is uh, anti-Batman. And you can also go look up, uh, you know, his stuff on DC Fandom on the website. And Hot Botchner's uh, father... Uh, Lloyd Botchner at this time was also on Batman the Animated Series. He was uh, the voice of Mayor Hill. So, um, what a coincidence. And we see Alfred right here, Ephraim Zimbalis Jr. Um, of course, before playing Alfred, his biggest claim to fame was as Dandy Jim Buckley on the TV series Maverick. And he would go on to play the role of Alfred up until um, 2004 on the Justice League series. And we see the plane and we see a shadow of Andrea Beaumont talking to Arthur Reeves. Andrea Beaumont being played by Dana Delaney. Uh, sorry, by... Yeah, Dana Delaney. I almost said Kim Delaney. No relation. At uh, this time, uh, Dana Delaney was known for her role as 
Colleen Murphy on the TV series China Beach. Uh, she was also known for her film roles in Light Sleeper, uh, where she played the uh, ex-wife of William Defoe, and also had a supporting role in um, Tombstone, starring uh, Val Kilmer. And uh, here we are at the um, party here. We see Bruce uh, talking with these ladies, you know, trying to convince him of marriage. And really goes more into, um, you know, Bruce's, um, you know, psyche, you know, his thing about relationships. As we see the one woman here who's um, constantly <laughs> mad at, who's like really mad at him, you know, like, you know, saying like, you know, he forgets your phone number and splashes the drink in his face. Yeah. <laughs> and then we see uh, Arthur Reeves there. And, and of course, uh, he mentions Andrea, which uh, really sticks craw and and bruce and he comes up with this great line you know he says uh thanks for the handkerchief officer you know where you can stick it <laughs> and then we cut to him uh all by himself in his own room and we see the uh the portrait of his parents his uh his mom and dad and before becoming a professional actor, uh, Kevin Conroy, uh, he attended Juilliard, where he was part of a drama group with Robin Williams and Kelsey Grammer. And ironically, um, he was actually roommates with uh, Robin Williams, and Robin Williams would try to go for the role of the Joker in the 89 Batman film. And he also tried to go for the role of uh, the Riddler in Batman Forever later on. As we go to this um, this flashback scene here, uh, we see Bruce meeting um, Andrea for the first time in the graveyard, and um, <laughs> you know Bruce visiting his parents and sees Andrea talking, and he thinks that uh, <laughs> you know she's yeah you know, she's crazy, <laughs> and he goes I heard my name I thought. Who are you talking to? My mother. And she sees the, um, you know, he sees the mother right there. And this is where, you know, it really, um, you know, it really starts there, the relationship, because this is before Bruce Wayne uh, actually becomes Batman. You know, he is, at this time, he has taken martial arts. He is, um, you know, he's sort of on the verge of wanting to fight crime. But, uh, you know, he hasn't fully become Batman yet. As he says that he's made a vow to his, to his parents, you know, he made a secret vow. <clears throat> and then he meets um, a woman. He meets Andrea, and then he starts to think. You know, it's almost similar to uh, in Batman Year Two. Though, of course, in Batman Year Two, he's already Batman, and he's contemplating giving up Batman for the love of uh, Rachel. 
Rachel Caspin. And then we see a dark cloud over the moon. And we see uh, Bruce go into action. Of course, he's wearing, um, you know, a, a black ski mask and black pants and, um, and what have you. And Jeff Bennett, he plays uh, one of the, the burglars. He plays burglars one and two. And his first voice acting role was as Horace IQ Boothroyd the third on the cartoon series uh, James Bond Jr., which was a cartoon series I used to watch as a kid. As we see um, Bruce spring about to spring into action here. And there we see him throw uh, the ninja stars. You know, not yet the uh, the batarangs. Let me see the left. You know, the left hand there. Oh, double teamed. Headbutt. Elbow kick. And it goes right into the wall. Oh. There's the gun. It goes off. And we see the truck uh, driving off there. And uh, Kevin Conroy, um, of course, um, he got his uh, start actually acting in uh, Broadway. He acted in Hamlet and A Midsummer's uh, Night's Dream. And we see the... Yeah, so he was a Broadway actor as we see um, a young Bullock played here by Robert Costanzo. Uh, who also got his acting um, start on television, you know, made television roles and TV. Um, of course, on television, he's most known for playing the father of Joe Tribbiani, Joey Tribbiani Sr., on an episode of Friends. You can go and uh, check that episode out. <clears throat> As we see the car, uh, the cop car getting flipped around. <laughs> And back to uh, Kevin Conroy here. Uh, from 1985 to 1986, uh, Conroy played Bart uh, Falmont, an openly gay um, lawyer on Dynasty, which is ironic because um, I actually found out yesterday in my research for this movie that uh, Kevin Conroy is actually gay himself. So yes, um, turns out the man who is known for playing Batman, is actually gay. Wow, did not know that. And of course, he would go on to have guest starring roles on TV shows such as Cheers, uh, Search for Tomorrow, Matlock, and Murphy Brown. And we see the truck flip over there, almost crushes into the wall. And then, of course, he makes his getaway. And there's the newspaper, Mr. Vigilante, you know, uh, stops, uh, you know, stops a robbery. And we see um, Bruce Wayne practicing martial arts. Now, when um, Andrea Beaumont shows up, 
here. Uh, she asks him, well, what's he doing? And, you know, he says uh, jujitsu. And this is actually not jujitsu because uh, jujitsu uh, is more grappling. You know, it's a grappling art. And what we see here, this is more of uh, karate. Yeah, this is more karate martial art. You know, as she asks, you know, what is that? And he says, jujitsu. And she goes, kanzu type. <laughs> Good little joke there. And then we see she's got some moves of her own and <laughs> does a little judo move. That's actually a judo flip there. Uh, she does there on um, on Bruce. <laughs> and then, oh, good leg trip there. Tackles her, gets on top. She goes, nice footwork. Can you dance too? And they catch eyes and they start making out. This is my favorite. Alfred catches him. She goes, Oh, <laughs> and he goes, oh, okay, I'm going to go back inside. <laughs> this was my favorite as a, as a kid. I used to laugh at that all the time. And then we cut back to present time. We hear Arlene Sorkin, the original um, Harley Quinn as Miss Bambi. You know, she goes, Brucey, where are you? Yeah, she's uncredited in this movie, but uh, yeah, that is actually her voice. And now we are in the... The graveyard side here, as we see the arrival of Buzz Bronski, played by John P. Ryan. Yep, playing the mob boss of uh, Buzz Bronski here. And John P. Ryan uh, had small roles in films such as Future World, which was um, a sequel to... Uh, one of the movies, I forget what it's called, uh, The Cotton Club, Dillinger, A Lovely Way to Die, which starred uh, Kirk Douglas, and The Last Flight of Noah's Ark. Uh, his biggest claim to fame would be as Warden Rankin in the 1989 film Runaway Train with uh, Eric Roberts. Uh, you can catch him in that and <clears throat> also his uh last movie role was as uh mickey malante malanto sorry in the 1996 film bound which starred um gina uh gersh yeah which starred uh gina gershon and um uh, what's her name? I'm blanking out on her name now. Um, yeah, uh, I'm forgetting her name now, but anyways. <laughs> uh, don't fucking me. We see the phantasm there. Oh. Cuts off the hook there. <laughs> oh, throws the stick and oh. And we see the mob bosses uh, trying to ch find um, Buzz Bronski here. And then he falls uh, right into the grave right there. Kind of foreshadowing um, his 
death. He's disappeared. That's the phantom, and then all of a sudden, a cloud of smoke appears, lifting up the statue. And goodbye. Yeah, this was a. I mean, this didn't. I mean, it was scary as a kid, but like, it wasn't like enough to like maybe have nightmares or anything. But it was just like this really uh, brought it up to a level, you know, knowing that we were, knowing that you know this was not really. Just like the animated series, this was going to be involving more murder, and then of course we would see blood as well. You know, the violence really got amped up here in this uh, movie. And there we see a Pagoda's character here as uh, Sally the Weasel Velestra. He sees um, that Buzz has been slain, and they automatically think that it's Batman. And of course, uh, he's gonna go for his oxygen mask here. That's from uh, years of smoking. <laughs> well, a little lesson for you people out there listening: don't smoke. And here we see uh, Hotch Botchner talking with um, Bob Hastings' character as Commissioner Gordon. And Commissioner Gordon has a small role in this film. Uh, this is like the last we see of him here. You know, arguing with uh, Arthur Reese about going after Batman. And um, before he played um, Commissioner Gordon, he was best known as Alroy Carpenter on the TV series McHale's Navy. Uh, an event, and he also was the voice of Superboy on the Superboy 1966 cartoon series and on the New Adventures of Superman as well. <clears throat> and as for um, Hot... Botchner, um, he had some roles in um, Supergirl. He was the love interest of Supergirl. He was also on Terra. He was also in Terra Train, and um, but he was also um, best known for his role as Harry Ellis in the first Die Hard film. So yeah, you might remember him as. You best remember him for that. As we see, um, Bruce and Andrea have reunited. Of course, uh, Bruce is in his Batman costume, and Andrea sees him for the first time as Batman. You know, sees the graves, and of course, puts two and two together. And then we cut to um, the next night. We see Andrea having dinner with um, Arthur Reeves. You know, as it's uh, raining outside. And, of course, not too far along, we see Batman spying on them. And this does kind of also borrow from the plotline of um, Batman Returns when... Batman is uh, set up for a crime that he did not commit. And 
of course, and of course, um, just like in Batman Returns, uh, we don't really get a resolution as to how he's cleared of it, you know, so, um, both times, uh, he's set up for a crime that he didn't commit, and, um, he's, they don't really resolve how he's cleared of it. As we cut to, um, the, another flashback here, the flashbacks were really inspired by Citizens Kane, you know, the movie Citizens Kane, and we see him at the world, of uh, the future, um, yeah, the world of the future, you know, amusement park here, and we see them here in the, Bruce and Andrea in happier times, you know, we see the large buildings of what Gotham would look like, <laughs> what was supposed to look like in the future, and we see the house of future, and we see H Hazel the robot there, and I'm going to talk about that a little more as we roll merrily along. And then, of course, we see what would later become the Batmobile as uh, we see what would become the car of the future. And that would become the Batmobile, as we would see on the animated series. Of course, it's in uh, bright red. And of course, because uh, <laughs> Bruce would uh, buy it and then eventually turn it into, um, into a bright red color. And then, of course, we see uh, outside here now um, Bruce wanting to meet, you know, says he want, he can meet with uh, Andrea's father. And, you know, he sees himself uh, kind of changing, you know, because, and, you know, he goes to Alfred, he goes, you know, you know, what am I doing, Alfred? You know, this isn't part of the plan. And, you know, so he sees that he still has one foot in the world of trying to be what he would eventually become, but he's still, like, he sees himself more and more falling in love with Andrea. And now here they are at the office, and they meet the father, who's played by Stacy Ketch. And, of course, uh, Stacy Ketch is best known for his role as Mike Hammer on the um, Mike Hammer Detective TV series, and... And also uh, TV movies as well. And, of course, him and John P. Ryan were also in the film Class of 1999, which was the sequel to Class of 1984. And he's also known for his role as Cameron Alexander in American History X, where he delivered one of my favorite lines in the movie, which is where he said... Uh, to Edward, I mean, blah, to, yeah, to Edward Norton, you know, he said, well, excuse me, but fuck you, Derek. <laughs> I always get a chuckle out of that. And we see Abe Vigoda's character, um, Sal Valestria, come in. And he's about to uh, light a cigar. Yeah, throughout the movie, his character smokes cigars and cigarettes, and, of course, um, in the animated series world, you know, it's a parallel universe where it's like the 1940s have never ended. And as we see uh, the person who would become the Joker, of course, he's credited as the, the silent creepy guy. 
you know, everyone uh, smokes. So, of course, we don't see smoking on the TV series, though. And there we see a mugging happening. And Jeff Bennett, of course, plays one of the bikers. Uh, he plays one of the bikers when he says, uh, better have your insurance paid up, sucker. And Bruce is going to try and break this up. And Jeff Bennett, he would actually go on to do the voice of Johnny Bravo. Yep, he is the voice of Johnny Bravo on the Johnny Bravo TV series. And I remember watching that as a kid, and that was actually one of my favorites. And he was also the voice of Dexter's father on Dexter's Laboratory. Yep, he was, um, he was known for that. And of course, uh, for Abe Vigoda, Abe Vigoda, this wasn't his first time playing a mobster. As we all know, he's known for playing Salvatore Tessio in the first Godfather movie. Yep, and briefly made a cameo in the sequel, Godfather 2. And on television, he's best known as Phil Fish on the on Barney Miller and the spin-off Fish. So, um, yeah, had a great career as both a uh, as both a mobster and as a cop. As we see, uh, Bruce Wayne is defeated. <laughs> And this really goes into where he realizes that, you know, he can't, um, as he later says in a scene when he's at home, that uh, he can't put himself on the line knowing that uh, there's someone waiting for him to come home. You know, he's really stuck in, like, which one does he choose? And he's trying to draw out the costume here, which would become Batman, and then he rips it up and then he throws it into the fire. You know, he's stuck in between two worlds, really. You know, he's stuck in becoming, you know, a vigilante, you know, savior for the city of Gotham, you know, staying true to his vow to his parents and the love of his life, which is uh, Andrea. And, you know, this really does um, play into, um, this has also been a occurring theme in all of Batman's um comics and movies and tv shows you know is that um you know he wants to have love he wants to have a relationship but it's always the um vow he made to his parents you know the night that um that his parents were gunned down in crime alley that always brings him back to being batman and of course, uh, at this time here, he's not Batman yet, and but he's still kind of stuck in between his duty, his sense of duty, and love, as we see him right here in front of the grave of his parents, and you know, he's begging for his parents, you know, saying, "Please tell me that it's okay," you know, um, you know, I didn't count on being happy, you know, he didn't count on um, Andrea entering into his life. And we see Andrea show up. She says, maybe they already have. And she says, maybe they sent me. And then we see the, um, we see the embrace. 
and then we cut right to um, present time. We see Batman in tears, you know, in the rain, and then we see the police helicopter because Batman is now a fugitive, and of course he. And as we see Arthur Reeves walking down the street, he suddenly almost gets hit by a car, and it's Sal Valestrio there. Also, I just remembered that um, there was uh, Jennifer Tilly. Yeah, it was Jennifer Tilly that was also in uh, Bound with uh, Gina Gershon. Had a little brain fart there. Yep, Jennifer Tilly, the always beautiful Jennifer Tilly. Good mood to look at, too, if you're into uh, lesbian sex scenes. <laughs> and as we see um, Sal Valestrio here getting hysterical, and then, of course, he needs his uh, oxygen mask. Yeah, you know, once again, you know, I mean, this is what it's at a time, you know, in the 40s, you know, smoking, you know, everybody smoked back then, and, uh, well, those are the consequences, so, uh, once again, if you're listening to this, do not smoke, and if you had started smoking, then, uh, now is a good time to quit, and we see, uh, Batman, he's, um, figure out, um, that Buzz Bronski and Chucky Saul, they were partners in Dummy Corporations. And the third partner was uh, Sal. And he goes to, um, he's going to go to Sal's place. And Alfred, you know, he says like, oh, you're going to see Andrea. And Batman, he goes, you think you know everything about me, don't you? And Alfred, he goes, I die above your bottom. I bet it well ought to, sir. <laughs> and Batman goes in the car and goes, well, you're wrong. Yeah, another good line. That was the thing about, uh... Alfred in the animated series is that, uh, you know, he always, you know, cracked wise, you know, he was always a bit of a wise ass to Batman and, you know, anybody else would have been fired, you know, but, uh, not Alfred because Batman still relies on Alfred for a few things. And as we, uh, see Alfred, uh, sorry, I just said Alfred. <laughs> we see Batman here at, uh, Sal's house and he sees the picture of the uh the guys and sees a picture of andrea's father which prompts another flashback and there they're at uh wayne's manor and andrea tells uh bruce that they're going on a trip to europe and bruce wants to try to um talk her out of it and he goes and, you know, he takes out the box. <laughs> yeah, he takes out a box and it's a ring. <laughs> yep, he proposes. And, you know, she, of course she accepts, you know, she says, you know, she was worried because, you know, you know, she was like, well, I, you, I didn't think you didn't know what to do with me because I wasn't part of the plan. And he goes, well, you are now because I'm changing the plan. And there we see a kiss. And after the kiss, we see some bats coming out of the cave, which foreshadows was to come. Knowing that, um, kind of foreshadows that, you know, once again, Bruce's fate, um, you know, you can't escape his fate. And then we go right to um, Andrea's father's house and he's got some 
company there with the mob bosses, and we're going to go into that later on in the film. Taking a little swig here of my Mountain Dew. Uh, and we see um, the silent, um, yeah, the creepy silent guy again who would become the Joker. <clears throat> Flicking the cigarette off the, off the car of Bruce Wayne. And Bruce discovers um, the cave. And this is when he gets the bad news. He gets the Dear John letter. Now, originally in the rough draft of the script, um, which is actually called Mask, it wasn't called Mask of the Phantasm, it was called Mask, um, after Bruce uh, leaves the, the letter from Andrea, you know, he crumbles the letter up and he screams into the air, No! And, of course, we uh, don't get that here in the final product. And we see, once again, the portrait of Martha and Helen uh, Wayne. And we go right into the cave where we see um, Bruce um, don the bat suit for the first time. And actually, that scene where we see here, that was actually going to be used in an, an unaired uh, pilot. There was an unaired uh, pilot of Batman the Animated Series. Um, and you can go back and look at it. And they also talked about it on Superhero Stuff You Should Know podcast. But uh, never made the air. And thus we come up with this scene here where Alfred sees the costume and he goes, My God. And now that his love is gone, he has fully become the Batman. And cut to present time. He takes the picture. And we go to the World's Fair, the, um, you know, the future, yep, Gotham's, uh, um, the world, the future, and we see, um, Sal going up there, going to, um, meet an acquaintance, and it's all run down, you see the little flying helicopter there and there we hear the song welcome to the future and then there's the machine guns <laughs> i hate that song yep it's the joker mark hamill <laughs> yep Luke Skywalker has gone to the dark side. Yeah, I was actually surprised. Um, you know, I didn't know as a kid that um, that it was actually Mark Hamill as the Joker, and I found that out um, years later, you know, as I got older. And I was like, whoa, wow, did not know that. So yeah, he plays, um, he did, he has played the Joker, and uh, he's actually considered one of the, one of the best Jokers. You know, I mean, he's right up there with Heath Ledger and um, and Jack Nicholson. In fact, uh, the look of his character is actually uh, based off of Jack Nicholson in the um, 89 movie. You know, you can tell, you know, with the way that, you know, with the, with the hair and the face and, you know, the jacket as we go to the House of the Future here. 
<laughs> it's all run down. And then we see the dog. <laughs> he sees Rusty the dog there. And he kicks it. Down, Rusty. <laughs> and then we get introduced to the cook robot, Hazel. And she is named after the maid um, who was played by Shirley Booth on the TV series um, Hazel. Yeah, Hazel the maid. There. And of course we see her uh, chopping it. You know, chopping very slowly, not as fast as in the in the flashback scene. You know, where she's got going, and we see Sal, you know, asking Joker to help him, you know, get rid of Batman. You know, saying saying that you know you're the only one that can take him down and whatnot. You know, he offers him, um, you know, some money. And, of course, Joker, he says the good line here. Uh, what do I look like? Pest control? <laughs> yeah, and I love this scene right here. Like, uh, Sal gets a little angry and then, um, you know, grabs him by the jacket. And we see Joker getting mad. He's pissed off. And then he goes, don't touch me, old man. I don't know where you've been. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's mad at one minute and then all of a sudden he gets... And then he just starts cracking up. You know, starts laughing and then he convinces Sal, you know, he'll protect him. And Sal smiles a little bit and Joker goes, that's it. That's what I want to see. A nice big smile. And then... We cut to the apartment building here of Andrea as Arthur wants to come in for a little, uh, brownch, brown, brown. Of course, it doesn't happen, and she leaves him with a kiss, and Batman is in the shadows, watches along. She turns on the light, and we see him there, and they reunite. And of course, uh, after the animated series, uh, Danny, Dana Delaney would go on to do the voice of Lois Lane in Superman the Animated Series, as well in uh, various other animated movies and TV shows. Uh, she played Lois Lane in, um, in Superman films and on the Justice League TV series, also in Superman video games. And uh, her and... And Kevin Conroy were actually friends. They actually uh, were in a play together before this. So uh, this was them uh, reuniting here in this movie. And they would reunite again for uh, World's Finest, the uh, Superman animated series and Batman animated series uh, team-up. And they would also do it again in another crossover episode of uh, Batman and Superman. So um, if you have HBO Max, you can um, go check out the episode yourself. And we see uh, Andrea crying here. And uh, we're going to go more into that. And we go to the next night. We see the Phantasm here. Going to the house of uh, Sal Velestrio. And... We see him in the... 
in the living room there. We think that, uh, you know, this is about to be the end of Sal, and then turns out Sal has been injected with the Joker's uh, laugh serum, and we see the camera. Sees him, <laughs> and Joker sees that it's not Batman at all, and sees the Phantasm. Of course, the Phantasm isn't actually named the Phantasm throughout the movie, you know, so, um, but, uh, but yeah. And he escapes. Well, let's say she escapes. <laughs> Whoops, a little spoiler there. Escapes through the through the window, and then we see the Batwing. And we see the Phantasm uh, running there, and Batman is hot on the Phantasm's tail. And this is supposed to be the big confrontation, and it's a bit of a letdown, actually. We don't really get to see a big, like, fight here. I mean, we see a little bit of a fight here, and, you know, we're about to see. You know, Batman jumps down, tackles him. Phantasm says, stay away, this isn't your fight. Kick, leg sweep, and he goes, this madness ends now. Of course, originally he says, this nightmare ends. Your reign of terror ends now, and then we see the... You know, the police helicopter and the phantasm disappears. There's the helicopter. And Jeff Bartner plays um, the guy in the police helicopter. And uh, Jeff Bennett, he would go on to do the voice, uh, you know, do voice work here on the TV series Ozzy and Drix. And also codenames uh, Kids Next Door, Class of 300 curious george where he actually played the man in the yellow um the man in the yellow hat ben 10 and many more uh tv series actually too so he's uh has a great line of work see the police here chasing batman batman ducks down and he's confronted by bullock and the rest of the police here Oh, slips off, and he goes right into the uh, construction site. And here, this really does add to the element of danger here because, um, you know, now Batman is really on the run. He's really being pursued by the by the police here. And, of course, uh, Gordon is staying out of this. And now he's really on his own here. And also that's uh, Jeff Bennett also as the policeman on the um, on the police radio as well as we see the uh, tear gas there. And he also plays one of the uh, SWAT team members. And then, oh, there goes the exploding gas tank. And here we see um, Batman here bleeding. Um, the first time we actually saw blood on Batman was in um, the first episode uh, where he took on uh, Man-Bat. And we saw him bleed. And we didn't see him bleed on the series up until... Um, after that, uh, up until um, the episode with uh, in Season 4 where he fights uh, the Joker. And, you know, telling the origin story of uh, Harley Quinn. 
But uh, we didn't see Batman bleed that much on the TV series. And we see the police there shooting what is believed to be Batman right there. But it turns out to be a wooden thing on the cape. And we see Batman unmasked, trying to escape. You know, it just keeps on adding to the element of danger here. And we see him running through the alleyways. And we're starting to think, oh, this is really going to be it. He's going to be found out. And his secret identity is going to be exposed. And he's uh, mildly concussed. And then out of nowhere, we see Andrea. And he gets into the car, runs away. And we see the sweat coming off the face here of Bullock here. I mean, I mean, I just love that expression of him um, with the sweat coming off, coming off his face. You know, it's like he was so close. And, and of course, uh, Harvey... On the TV series and also in the comics too, um, you know he's anti-Batman. Uh, I mean, of course he respects Batman, but um, you know he doesn't particularly like him. He doesn't like vigilanteism, and you know he looks for any excuse to bust him. And you know that's just a great telling right there. I mean, there's a saying in acting, you know, never state what you can imply, and uh, that's a great example right there, especially for an animated film. And. We go to another, we cut back to another flashback here. This is back to when Andrea goes to uh, the father's meeting. And he's meeting with uh, Velestria and um, Chucky Saul and Bronski. And of course, uh, she finds out that you know, that he owes the money, and then we actually see um, Sal Velestrio uh, smoking a cigarette here. And, of course, he promised him, you know, that, you know, he'll get him the money as soon as the, you know, as the bank opens, you know, by tomorrow morning, then, you know, he'll he'll wire him the money. He blows the smoke in his face, and Velestrio says, you know, this time tomorrow, he'll have, have the money. Have your heart in my hand. <sighs> Good Mountain Dew Zero, by the way. <clears throat> yep, zero calories. Good for my diet, too. And then we see this uh, dramatic part here where, um, you know, she, where she finds out that actually uh, the father actually lied saying that the money's tied up in investments it could take weeks to get out and they have to leave and hide all over Europe and you know he says like you know if he doesn't have the money in 24 hours they're gonna kill them both and you know she's really upset and you know he promises to get them out of this and And then, of course, um, after that, um, they left that night, and thus, why we got, Bruce got the uh, Dear John letter, and she says that they hid all over Europe, and, um, and eventually he did pay them back, but then, of course, it was never enough, and they wanted blood. And then she says that... Um, 
you know, her father came back into town, you know, uh, he said he would get them, and she, she tried to stop her father when she heard about Chucky Saul, and and then she pertains to leave, and then, of course, Bruce stops him, uh, stops her right there, and then we see them embrace, and we see the kiss, just like uh, earlier in the movie, Alfred sees it, oops, it's <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> I'm out of here. And this is as close, um, this is really as close to a love scenes as we get here. I mean, we don't really get any sex scenes here. I mean, granted, this is, uh, in the 90s, so you couldn't really do, like, an animated, um, sex scene unless it was, a uh, Japanese anime. And, of course, she asks him, you know, can we make it worth the time? And Bruce goes, I want to say yes, but you know it's going to come down to me and your father. And she says, daddy doesn't matter anymore. To foreshadowing uh, what is to come later. And we see once again, you know, Bruce, you know, falling back in love with, um, with Andrea. And, you know, and then of course he talks with Alfred and, um, you know, Alfred, you know, he says like, you know, you know, you still love each other. And he goes like, Yes, you know, I do love her, and he says, you know, like, maybe after all this is settled, you know, and he starts contemplating that maybe he'll give up being Batman, and he'll, um, you know, he'll walk off into the sunset and marry her, and, of course, looks up at the picture of um, his parents, and Alfred says, I'm sure they would have wanted you to be happy, and now, originally, and, and, the original script, uh, Bruce sees the picture of the crime bosses and sees the picture of the Joker, you know, as the silent, uh, you know, silent creepy guy, and he figures it out in the data computer, the back computer, that it's actually is the Joker, and he just draws, uh, the, you know, draws the picture there, and it turns out it is the Joker, and we hear the Joker's laugh, and we cut to um, Arthur Reeves. Um, office here as he's very pissed off knowing that Batman still got away and he gets a visit from the Joker yep and of course uh, it starts to reveal that uh Arthur did know a bit more about um, about Carl Beaumont's uh, money problems, and you know he knew afterwards, and um, you know put it to his use and sold, and you know sold him out. And Joker, you know, is trying to find out you know who's killing them. He's starting to think that it's Arthur Reeves. Arthur thinks that it's still Batman. And of course, Joker tells him that he's seen the mask, the other mask guy, and he's starting to think that it was actually him. And also, uh, Hart Hotchner, by the way, is also a director, and you may have seen some of the films that he's directed. Um, he's directed uh, PCU, High School High, which uh, had Mackay Pfeiffer and um, John Levy, 
and also um, just add water. Yeah, those are the those are the movies that he has directed. And just as the Joker here is about to confront Arthur, he gets a call from Andrea, puts her on speakerphone here. And originally in the script, uh, the Joker was went by uh, his real name, uh, Jack Napier, but... Uh, for some reason, they decided not to go with it. You know, I mean, that's always been assumed that's his real identity is uh, Jack Napier, though not officially, though. You know, it goes all the way back to the 89 film. And here we see um, the Joker here with Arthur Reeves, and now Joker start, puts it together that it was actually uh, Andrea, who's actually the one behind all the murders, and injects Arthur Reeves with the laughing toxin, and Arthur Reeves is now in the hospital and he's driven insane. And actually, the the scene here where he's laughing uncontrollably, um, this used to uh, make me laugh also, too. I mean, I used to always crack up at this scene here. And, um, you know, yeah, I just used to love this as a kid. Um, and... Also, originally in the script, um, his his assistant, his uh, female assistant, uh, found him and saved him. But uh, we don't get that um, here in the um, here here in this movie. Uh, we don't see that part here, as he's been given a shot of toxin and he goes to close his eyes. There's the Batman. And uh, Batman goes um, to interrogate him. <laughs> yeah, I like the part where, uh, you know, he asks him, you know, the question says, why? And he goes, I don't know. And then he grabs him by the chest and he goes, that's not the answer I want. And he reveals, you know, that, uh, you know, he helped, you know, Carl and Andrea get out of town. And then um, when um, Arthur was having his first election campaign, he was running out of money. He asked Carl for help and Carl didn't give him the money. And then he sold him out to the mob. And, and of course, hysterically, he says, you know, you know, he was broke, desperate. They said all he wanted was his money back. And, of course, Batman leaves in disgust as we see uh, Beaumont uh, laughing hysterically there. I mean, sorry, uh, Arthur Reeves laughing hysterically. <laughs> and then we see Batman show up here at Andrea's house. You know, looking for more clues and evidence here. And he finds uh, the locket with a picture of uh, himself and Andrea when they were younger. And we suddenly hear the, the phone ring. And of course, he goes to uh, pick it up. 
and hears the voice of the Joker. And the Joker knows that it was Andrea that was behind it all along. And sends the uh, plane of the future. And, of course, Batman is... You know, sees it, and he goes to blow it up with his uh, battering. And of course, after he blows it up, you know, Joker says, you know, you know, I believe my party has been disconnected. And originally in the in the script, uh, after he says that, uh, he says, sometimes I kill myself, and we hear um, we hear the laughing robot uh, crack up herself, but uh, we don't um, get that in that scene here as we cut to another flashback and this flashback uh andrea goes to the house you know with the groceries and we see jack napier come out and she goes on to discover that her father had been killed so it was actually the joker who killed her father and originally there was a line that he says, um, he says a line, uh, hope he wasn't hungry, and of course, uh, that got edited out. Yeah, that didn't make it to the final script. Near we are for the final confrontation here. As we see, um, Hazel here cutting up the slice of bologna there for the Joker. <laughs> and then we see the window open. He says, ain't it always the way you get in the mood and company shows up. Now, originally when the phantasm shows up, he says, Jack Napier, your angel of death awaits. But again, they got rid of Jack Napier, so they got rid of that line. And of course, uh, Joker figures out that it was um, Andrea. Says you're hardly killed in a cockroach on steroids. She takes off the mask, and we get this confrontation here. Oh, she blows uh, smoke right there into the face of the Joker. And the thing is, uh, we don't really know how she develops the the powers and stuff. You know, all these gadgets, you know, and stuff. But it's kind of forgivable. You know, I mean, because I haven't seen the movie, you know, over a thousand times here. So, <clears throat> then we see Joker right on top of her. And then, oh, knee to the nuts. That hurts. <laughs> oh, yeah. That'll change her plans for later in the evening. And then we see Hazel get turned on, and now she's, she becomes psychotic. Oh, good kick there by Andrea. Right there on the Joker. Oh, she's beating the shit out of him. Then, oh, hits her with the baloney. And there he goes, out the window. And there... There she is, appears right there from the smoke. Right out into the field. And the Joker turns on one of the big fans. About to suck her right in. <laughs> There's another good line there. 
How about a little pick-me-up? <laughs> and she gets picked up right there, and she's holding on for dear life. Here, she gets sucked in and grabs on to another one of the poles. And just once again, blowing there. And then finally we see Batman riding here. And originally in the script, uh, Batman comes in on a, um, I think it's like a rocket, um, I think it was like a rocket um, pad or something. But no, wait, actually he, come, he comes in on the bat cycle, but uh, he uses a, um, you know, the grappling hook to save um, Andrea. But uh, that was also written out of the script, you know, the final draft. Instead, we see him um, use the... Motorcycle throws it right into the fan. The bat cycle gets destroyed for the 1,000th time. And they're all saved. And then, of course, he confronts her about um, lying about her father. Turns out her father is dead. And she has been the phantasm all along. And this really does go into, um, you know how their lives had changed, you know, from that night, you know, and, you know, how the death of their parents have both shaped their lives, you know, I mean, because Batman has gone on to become a hero and chooses not to kill, whereas um, Andrea goes on to um, become a criminal and she chooses to kill people. And that was also a great line, you know, you know, when Batman says, well, what will vengeance solve? And she says, if anyone knows the answer to that, Bruce, it's you. And he tells her to leave, and then she disappears into the smoke. And now we get to the uh, confrontation between Batman and Joker. Yep, never gets old. I mean, Batman and Joker are like the, uh, <laughs> I guess, in terms of... Uh, the WWE or WWF at this time in the 90s, I guess you could say they were like the, uh, kind of like the Hulk Hogan and uh, Macho Man Randy Savage <laughs> of, uh, of DC. As we see here, this is supposed to be a miniature version of, um, of Gotham. And this was supposed to be their, right here, their homage to the Alan Sprang, um, era of the Batman comics in the 50s, uh, Batman, you know, up against the large props here, you know, the large buildings in the comics, if you go back to it, and we see Batman kick Joker right in the face, and we see the tooth come out, and we see blood again, you know, we see more blood in this movie than we've seen on the actual TV series, and, um, you know, it just amps it up real really here with the violence and we see the planes come in and oh cutting right there on the arm we see some blood there <laughs> you know i mean i mean let me tell you something for a pg movie this was uh this was still pretty good you know just a little graphic you know i mean but not too graphic and we see hazel the robot here turns out joker has a bomb batman gets cut right there on the cheek and Finally, he's had enough, and he punches one of the planes. Then, of course, uh, he takes 
his cape, captures the planes, and boom, smashes it. And of course, Joker, you know, tells him, you know, in five minutes, everything goes up. Of course, in the original script, he says, um, you know, this will be the basic, the biggest uh, explosion since the Arkham Christmas um, party. Of course, um, referring to the uh, episode in Batman, the animated series, where the Joker escaped from Arkham Asylum and um, on the Christmas tree. And of course, that episode had a uh, Robin in it. And we cut to right here, we see um, Joker right here on a um, on his little rocket pad there. Almost uh, a little similar to The Rocketeer, which was an old uh, Disney movie I watched as a kid. Used to love that film. And then we see uh, Batman jump right off the old missile and right on to the Joker. And, uh, there's a, you know, this is a really important part here, as we see, uh, you know, they're grappling here, Joker goes, you just don't know when to quit, do ya? And Batman punches him. And originally, um, uh, well, of course, here in the finished script, you know, Joker, he says, let me go, we'll both die, and Batman goes, whatever it takes. And originally in the script, in the original script, um, when he says, you know, let me go, we'll both die, and Batman goes, what? He says, then I'll see you in hell. So, um, of course, uh, that was written out. I guess uh, they were afraid of um, kids um, being affected by swearing. As we see uh, Batman and Joker crash <laughs> to the ground and they're both bleeding here. And uh, I think, uh, I don't think, looking back on it, uh, they would have been affected by the word hell. <laughs> <laughs> and we see Andrea here back. Joker, they are trying to convince convince her that he's given up, and Batman tries to tell her to get out, and the place is going to explode, and she says, no, one way or another, this ends tonight. Goodbye, my love. And written in the script, um, you know, is uh, Batman is actually crawling, trying to crawl towards her as we see the place explode, and it's written, you know, that... Uh, you know, that he's beaten and bruised and that, uh, you know, he wants to die in her arms. And, of course, uh, in the movie we see him standing, he's not crawling. And then when Andrea disappears with the Joker, um, you know, Batman, he goes, no! And, of course, we don't get that. And we see the Joker laughing. And Batman tries to go for her, and they both disappear into the smoke. Explosion, and Batman goes right into a tunnel, right into the water. And now, there was an actual sequel to this, though it was a comic book sequel. And in the comic book sequel... This was in um, the Batman Robin Adventures comics in 1996, and it was called um, Shadow of the Phantasm, where Arthur Reeves um, figures out who um, Andrea is as the Phantasm and tries to kill both uh, her and Batman. 
And of course, uh, he winds up failing and falling to his death. And that was the only real sequel we got here. And we see Batman back at the cave and Alfred tries to cheer him up and, you know, he says, you know, that it wasn't his fault and that, you know, Andrea fell into the pit, you know, years ago and nothing could have saved her. And, you know, because Batman does feel guilt, you know, that, you know, that he couldn't save her and and that they do love each other. It's just that their, um, you know, that their morals, well, I should say that their principles um, get in the way. You know, Batman, you know, refuses to kill and Andrea, you know, she wants to kill. And we see the locket here that... Um, yeah, we see the locket, and, and that shows that uh, she has indeed survived. And then we cut to the boat, and Jeff Bennett, uh, he plays uh, the guy who goes up to uh, Andrea here on the boat. And originally in the script, you know, he acts like, uh, have you lost someone? And she says, I have. Because uh, we see her here with, uh, with a veil on, you know, almost looking like she's attending a funeral. And instead, you know, he says, you know, he asks, I'm sorry, do you want to be alone? And she says, I am. And then we cut to, um, to the night. Batman looking upon the city. And in the script, it says, you know, the eternal um, guardian without love, without pity. You know, and it also says, you know, you know, stay on the concrete principles overlooking the city. It's all he has now, perhaps all he's ever had. And we see the bat signal. And he goes and flies off into the night. Meaning that, uh, you know, he's destined to be alone. You know, he is destined to be alone. And um, unfortunately, he, um, he cannot have love, you know, because as long as the city needs Batman, then he can never, he can never have true love. He can never really have happiness. And as the credits roll, we hear the song... I never even told you, and of course that song was sung by Tierra Correa. I mean, Career. I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, of course, uh, she's best known for uh, the TV show Relic years later, and also for her recurring recurring role on General Hospital as uh, Jade Sung, and also in Wayne's World one and two and she actually did have a singing career at this time um she did come out with an album the same year as she did the song for this um soundtrack and the song was actually written by Sita garrett and glenn ballard who wrote michael jackson's man in the mirror yep they uh, they both worked on uh, that beautiful gem there. And Sieta Garrett at also uh, 
wrote um, I Just Can't Stop Loving You. Yeah, Michael Jackson's other big hit song. And actually uh, performed that song with Michael on the 1992 uh, Dangerous Tour. And I actually saw that uh, I actually saw that concert film and uh, saw her performing it with Michael. And also on the Bad Tour, she had um, well, she didn't sing it with Michael. Uh, that was sung by um, Cheryl Crow. Yep, a young Cheryl Crow singing with uh, Michael Jackson. And she does do uh, backing vocals um, for this. For this song as well. And also this would not be the last appearance of uh, the Phantasm. As I mentioned before the uh, comic book sequel. Um, the Phantasm would also show up again in Batman Adventures Shadows and Mask. Where uh, Andrea tried to go undercover to stop the Black Masks organization and almost killed Batgirl. And, and of course, uh, Bruce still resents her because she is, um, she is a murderer. And her last appearance would be in a cameo appearance in the season two finale of Justice League Unlimited, the episode Epilogue, where... Um, where she was hired by Amanda Waller to kill a young uh, Terry, um, yeah, young Ter Terry McGinnis's uh, parents to to see if uh, it would turn him into Batman, and of course she refused. And of course um, that would be the end. Of course uh, she does appear later in another comic. There's another comic there she she appears in. I forget the name of it, though. Uh, go check it out. And that's it. That's the end of the movie, and we'll stop it right there. A great film, masterpiece of a movie. One of the great, I would say, the greatest uh, Batman animated movie of all time. And actually, uh, I actually did an episode of the greatest Batman animated films of all time, and I actually um, ranked it as number one. And it really is number one. It still holds up. To this day and just a just a great film you know just a great movie and just awesome just awesome uh next week i'll be doing uh, fantasy casting for batman forever yep we're gonna be doing a fantasy casting episode this time for the role of the dark knight himself batman so make sure you all tune in for that and I'm going to leave you with the actual song, I Never Even Told You, by Tia Kerr. So make sure you all tune in. And this is Matthew Varus saying, Later, masturbators.